Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Get it on. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. Today is Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019. Guys, this is a big, big episode. One of the biggest yet for many different reasons. Not only was it episode 68068, I don't know where the time has gone, but I have one of the biggest upcoming talents in Chicago on the show. James Fisher, better known as a lion in the music industry, has got to be one of the most talented people I've ever shaken hands with and can now call my friend, and I genuinely mean that. With a repertoire of releases under his belt, including singles and collaborations, he's also played some amazing shows that you guys are going to hear all about. And to cap it all off, he's going to be playing at the 10th year anniversary of North Coast here in Chicago at Northerly Island, and that is a well-deserved spot, my man. I had so much fun in this interview. We talked about it all where he came from, his family life, his influences, his musical aspirations, his goals for the future. I also love getting into the weeds with producers of this echelon. He's a very special guy, and I'm so excited to see where the future goes for him. This is one of my favorite episodes we've had yet, guys. Make sure you stick around after the interview for his special guest mix. He's got a ton of his own music in there, and I'm pumped for you guys to hear it. But it's not my turn to talk right now. It's James. Let's get in right now. Episode 68 with a line. Cheers to that. Yeah, cheers. Awesome, brother. Well, I'm pumped to have you here right now. Take a sip of the beer. Yep. Thank you for having me on. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with James Align Fisher. I'm so excited about this. Legitimately, like I said, before we even got on air, I've been following you for quite some time. Just want to acknowledge you for all your success you've had at such a young age. I mean, you've got hundreds of thousands of plays have you hit a million yet across everything? Hit, uh, across everything, yeah. If you tally up multiple. Apple Music, SoundCloud, yeah, Spotify, Spotify. Things like that. That's fucking yeah. incredible, man. Yeah. How's that feel? Not on a single track yet, but. That's okay. Across platforms, yeah. It feels good to have over a million. What but, song has uh, the most plays? Um, I think right now it's I'll Get There. Mm-hmm. It's one of my originals. So yeah. that one is. Like, oh, come on, the original, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's special. Um, so yeah, yeah, that one yeah. probably is wrecking the most right now at least on spotify that's visible yeah so everybody uses spotify though mm-hmm. right so that's yeah. really what matters right now with apple i just am i'm getting into the um there's a beta that apple has where you can like do the artist dashboard yes so i just started doing that so i haven't really figured that out because i applied or i like claimed that i'm that artist <laughs> like i'm that guy yeah um and they're like reviewing it so i haven't gotten to see any of my streams yet but um I haven't seen anything for Apple, but Spotify, I can see everything, but yeah. I'll get there. So. Spotify is really user-friendly. Yeah, I like, I mean, I like Spotify just as a listener, and the artist dashboard's really nice, too. Absolutely. So. I use it, Spotify, for podcasters, and mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of barrier to entry for Spotify podcasters. Really? Uh, up until about a year yeah, ago. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, actually. No, not at all, because at first it was no podcasts. And then it was, okay, only popular media podcasts such as NPR and BuzzFeed and stuff. Yeah, like the big and ones. And then they, like, slowly started letting people in. Like, I remember when I originally applied, I was like, 
you know, Apple Music or um, iTunes podcasts is a bit of an arduous process as well. Yeah. SoundCloud is, yeah, yeah. I mean, it all is actually yeah. like, it's, it's, you can get it out there, mm-hmm. but to have music involved too is kind of another layer. Yeah, yeah adding get, the mix. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, exactly. So you start on SoundCloud and then you go through Apple Music or I'm sorry, iTunes Podcast. And through iTunes Podcast, a real Apple employee listens to it, judges if it's, Every Pretty single much. one, or just like the bare, or like just like the original. The so you, you, you send them like what it would be, yeah. so it gets approved. Okay. And then is there explicit content? Yes, I say <laughs> shit Holy and fuck shit. and butthole. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I like had yeah, to like yeah. do a real episode, yeah, yeah. send that to him with music, got approved, and then I was like, all right, got to get on Spotify. Spotify took me to this black hole of like approval processes, and I like never heard back from all these things, and I was like, what the hell. I think they do a lot of that, like banking on the fact that you're not gonna 100% follow through. 100%. So, like, I feel like that's part of the battle. It's just like, are, is this guy gonna, is he actually serious about trying to get his shit on yeah. this platform? Yeah, so, which I respect actually. Yeah, I do too. Quality over quantity, but now, yeah. I mean, Spotify is the way they go. I was actually using Apple Music as a streaming platform before because I'm an. Apple elitist, <laughs> literally, and then I was like, okay, like, you know what? I I'm only listening to the music that I already currently listen to. Yeah, I really need to like spread it out because I also liked it because I could download a song on Apple Music and it go straight to my computer. Right. Because as a yeah, DJ, it's nice. Fair. Spotify, you have to like the song, then yeah. cross reference. Got to go on a beat port or whatever. It yeah, is. such a pain. And I was Apple like, is nice because you can just pull it straight on to, to like record box. Exactly, yeah. it's an inclusive program. Yeah, so. that part is very nice. That yeah. part I hate about Spotify or even SoundCloud. It's like yeah. you like a bunch of shit that you want to play out, and it's like it doesn't matter because now you have to like, gotta, spend like three hours digging through the internet yes, to find it. Exactly. Some shit's just like not discoverable either. No, it's so. not. Yeah. It's not, and you can't you can't play that shit in the club either, too. If it's yeah, like, it's, oh, let me just eat SoundCloud to MP3, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, like a one. I've made that. Yeah. I've made my mistakes on YouTube to MP3 and oh, SoundCloud yeah. to MP3. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's in the that's in the beginning days. Yeah, I've done that for sure. Yeah, right. I think like like one of my entire first sets was like <laughs> converted, converted Hardwell on air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah, like overdub stuff going yeah, on. Too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like all of a sudden like a dubstep mashup. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, like, well, only listen to the first well, drop. I pulled, I pulled yeah. it off of YouTube. So yeah, <laughs> so this is like a live set from Skrillex, and like I like this clip, and like yeah. I forgot to transition, you yeah. know. So yeah, the that's the early sets. <laughs> everyone learns their lessons. I think absolutely, so. man. So, line, you originally from Chicago? You said right. I am. Yeah. Are you from Chicago or from a suburb? Born in Chicago, uh, grew up in Schaumburg, Illinois, mm-hmm. and I live in Chicago now. And my family has moved to Barrington. So. Yeah, is your mom and dad from Chicago too? Yeah. Really? So my mom's family. actually, so my mom came here when she was young, but she was actually born in Boston. Mm. So when I vacation with my family, we go out to Boston all the time. Vacations so, in Boston. Vacations in Boston. Cape right. Cod life? I'm going to Cape Cod next week. Let's go. <laughs> so nice. It's funny that you actually know that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I have um, oh, a good family friend of ours lives in Boston. Okay. I've never been before, actually. I really, really yeah. want to go. I love seafood. You haven't been to the city of Boston? No, I haven't. Okay, yeah, you should go. It's cool. It's a historical city. I know. It's small, very easy to see. I'm a big so, history nerd, too. Yeah, I mean... It is easy to see. You, I've heard that, right? Yeah, because, you know, it's not a, it's not anywhere near the size of Chicago. So, no. like, it's you can go through and see everything that you need to see in Boston in mm. a day or two. But um, it's funny that you said that because I've been to Boston and Cape Cod 
every summer of my entire life. No way. Never skipped a summer. Every summer. Every summer. So. So grandma and grandpa out there and everything. Does she have any brothers and sisters? Everything. Yeah. My. So our extended family goes. All my siblings go. Everything. So. How many siblings do you have? I have two older brothers and one older sister. So you're the youngest. So the youngest. Yeah. Holy shit! How old is yeah. the oldest brother? My oldest brother is. He is. I should probably know that. <laughs> it gets a little confusing. Like, it I, does. I know my well, little brother's age right away because I know he's three years younger. Yeah. It gets so, kind of confusing the older you get. My older brother, my oldest brother, the one middle brother lives in Detroit, the one that's okay. first older than me. Then the other one, so he's my, my oldest brother is probably 30, maybe 32 or three now. But he lives in Denmark, actually. So... Holy shit. Crazy story, but out of college, he moved to Denmark because he graduated in, like, 09-ish. Did he meet a beautiful Denmark chick? uh, Yeah, he's married to a lady out there. I respect the hell out of that. Absolutely. I can't blame him. What's his name? Peter. Peter. Hey. (laughs) I'm going to send this over to him. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to, man. He's going to give that to me for not Are any of them into music then? Uh, No, but Peter is... um, into virtual reality. He actually owns a virtual reality company, co-founded it. So Okay. Yeah. So, so he's crushing it. Still like not music, but same like idea. Does he, it's creative. Yeah. It's all creative, yeah, right? Medium. Does he come back to Cape Cod every summer too? Uh not every summer, but a lot of them. So that's so always awesome. good to just catch up with him and what's it like being the youngest doing? of uh of four that many siblings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um I think it's a good thing actually you can get away with anything i get to first of all yeah very easy life (laughs) growing up because your parents have seen it all man yeah my little brother didn't get yeah whatever he wanted you know i pretty lenient um (laughs) lenient parenting growing up uh they a lot of like the big things to figure out they had already done so it's just very easy when it came out i got to watch what they did and choose what to and not to do so yeah pretty (laughs) pretty painless that's awesome man i'm sure you learned a lot from them though right yeah definitely seems like you got a pretty hard-working family though yeah everyone uh has a pretty similar i would say pretty similar work ethic so yeah um, that's like an easy thing to learn from older siblings I've always felt so yeah and you're working in tech you said right yeah so yep. you got the day job life got the day job got the, the nine, grind the 9 to 5 yeah, yeah 9 man. to 5 7 30 to 5 right according to you yeah 7 30 to 5 this guy man. tells me he gets up at yeah. 6 a.m. he 6 could leave at 3 but he doesn't 6 a.m. and snooze the alarm and then out of bed at, <laughs> out of bed okay. at 6 all right what time are your feet out of the bed <laughs> 6 20 to 6 30 so thank in you that for your 10 honesty. minute range yeah, yeah. there is always yeah. a 10 minute range oh yeah nobody gets it when they say they get up no absolutely honestly not. you are a serial killer if you get up right when your alarm goes off i don't know anyone who does that. no and i hope i don't no one that i've ever lived with ever i don't think has ever done that no so. how can you i don't think it's possible this is just getting up. Like, just yeah. give me a second. It's too you know? hard, honestly. <laughs> so yeah. when did uh, music come into your life then? Um, music in general has kind of always been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always grown up with music in the house, learned to play guitar from my older brother um, and kind of my dad growing up. And then I... My mom wanted me to be in like the band when I was in grade school. Marching band. So I continued through and then did marching band, but I was always on okay. in percussion. So I always did nice. drumline and percussion and stuff. So I've always felt like that's helped me a lot because I still learned how to read a lot of music and sheet yeah. music, but I also learned a lot about like all these different types of percussion instruments and um, just different rhythms and things like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. 
that definitely plays a part in your music theory knowledge these days, right? Yeah, certainly. So, I guess it's not that long ago. You're 24. It was, yeah. 24. So when did you stop playing the marching band then? Um, 18 when I graduated high school. So all the way through then, high school. Yeah, and then um, college, kind of like, just always like listened to music and loved it, and I like actually um, <laughs> downloaded. Uh, I think it was called Virtual DJ. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what it was called. Is that what that called? comes up a lot in this podcast. Yeah, dude, yeah yes. absolutely. So I downloaded that when I was like 17, I think, and uh, was like trying to figure out how to mix like with the trackpad. <laughs> you do volume, you do volume mixing, yeah, right? It was yeah, like of trying course. to volume mix. Just always <laughs> liked music. Was a big fan of electronic music and stuff um, in general, and then uh, didn't like really pick back up into like trying to create music until. Um, I guess when I was like probably 19 or 20, probably 20 sophomore when I was year, sophomore in college, yeah. So you were DJing before you were producing? I was not. Other way around, actually. So if you count virtual DJ, I was just like trying <laughs> I to know, do that. Yeah. But I know, yeah. But the furthest I ever got with virtual DJ was like, honest to God, like loading in. I'm almost embarrassed to say about like five tracks. It was like five songs. YouTube rips. And like yeah. trying to like mix those songs. So yeah. I never like even plugged it into speakers. I would just do it on my headphones. Yeah. Like and sick. then I did that like a little bit freshman year and that was it. I never yeah. touched a controller or anything, but then I got logic and then started learning how to produce my mm-hmm. sophomore year. Um, then later on after I started actually creating songs is when I was like, I want to play these songs out. Yeah. So then nice. wanting to play mountain music at a venue was how I learned how to DJ. Cause I just like forced myself to, cause I had to figure yeah. out how to play them somehow. Of course. So, yeah. so what inspired you to download Logic and start making music then? Um, good question. I Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've thought about that before because, like, now it's just, like, a part of my life that I just, like, come home and I, like, work on music now. Mm-hmm. But I downloaded it for a couple reasons. I think one of them being um, when I was, like, 14 or 15, one of my, old, my older brother that is in Denmark – likes Bonobo a lot. Um, And he showed me Bonobo when I was like, I was like 14. Because Bonobo has been around for forever. Mm. I mean, his his old albums go way far back. So Bonobo was like my first exposure to electronic music. And I'd always kind of like gotten this little feeling of like, I would like to just like, like make a SoundCloud, put some music on there and like have some artwork that's cool and like looks cool with the music. And that was kind of as far as it was going to go. Yeah. And I was like, I want to figure out how to like get logic and like, or get some way to make music. And my other older brother was really good at like scoping out all these different um, softwares, and nice. he pretty much like torrented like five of them for me when I was like in class in college. We <laughs> nice. were like screen sharing. That's and awesome. He was like controlling my screen and no shit <laughs> yeah, while you're in class. While I was in class. That's awesome. And uh, they, yeah, <laughs> download a logic, and yeah, I pretty much just wanted to like be able to put something out online. So. Yeah. That was about it. Absolutely. That was at least how it started. And then that kind of gave me the bug of, okay, now that step is complete. Now what's the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing. How long were you making music before you and Milo? And for people who don't know, Milo from Chicago, right? Yep. You guys met at college in Iowa and he was using Logic 2 and you guys were on the rowing team? Yeah. So (laughs) when, what was that period of time before you guys? Because it seemed like maybe you guys helped each other grow musically together right so yeah milo and i met um 
freshman year in the dorms, and then we both joined the rowing team when we were freshmen. Just joining. Was it a good rowing team? Joining shit. Um, dude, to, I don't even remember because I quit after that year. <laughs> like, I where are you like, guys rowing in Iowa? Dude, it's on the Iowa. Like there, there's a river going through Iowa City. Shit. And we would like wake up like super early in the morning. Sky looked like that at like four in the morning. What kind of freshman like in college and wants to do that? that? I love I that. I don't know what I was doing. Well, you know what? You guys fucking learned yeah. how to row. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. So, but we met and then um, he was like into music a little, like actually like pursuing it before I was. Mm-hmm. And then when I had downloaded Logic, was like making some beats. Mm-hmm. I needed someone to share it with. And yeah realized that he was and we had already been friends so started sharing it back and forth and then from there is when I was like spending a lot of time watching videos learning how to use the program bouncing ideas back and forth off each other right and then that was like kind of where I really started learning how to do this and that's awesome about it yeah so what's what's the electronic scene like in Iowa I mean were you playing gigs like is there bars there and stuff yeah, obviously. So, like, what are you playing? Like EDM or yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, well, not a ton. So, I guess I'd had like technically like two first shows. I would say like nice. my first actual show was so there's this bar called Blue Moose in Iowa City. Still there? It's still there right now, but it's on its way out. Damn I just, it! I just discovered uh, recently, unfortunately. That's sad. But the equivalent of like a Canopy Club at U of I, sure, or of like. I think you guys had like Blue Note at IU. Blue Bird. Blue Bird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blue Note was somewhere else. The venue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got you. So like, you know, small venue, 500 cap. Of course. At the, at the most. Yeah. And then they had an upstairs, they would do like local DJ nights. And that was the first time I played was that I figured out who throws those local DJ nights. And that was actually a cool show because he did like full visuals and stuff. It was a VJ and he would nice. also DJ too. Okay. So like cool. when you were DJing, he would like throw visuals up. Then he would put on visual loops while he was playing, and that was like my first ex- exposure Fuck to yeah. playing. Yeah, it was really cool. And there was like twenty people there or something like that. <laughs> but it was <laughs> like it didn't matter it was to you. Like my first time, yeah, yeah getting of on stage. And then my first like actual show was with Brett Milo, um, and he played. He he had dropped out of school, and then he came back to play a headline set. And that was my, this point now is my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. So that was like my first real show using CDJs. Right. On like what were you using in the first one then? I used like some tractor thing yeah, that my, my buddy had. Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> some Zarnas oh, computer. Was, you know what? It was the S4, the tractor S4. Nice. Yeah. I got one of those. Yeah. It was, uh, it. It, was, it was a good way to learn. But yeah. um, the first actual show was like then at the actual Blue Moose stage, not the upstairs local stage. It was like right. the main stage. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. A lot of mistakes on those decks. <laughs> Did anybody <laughs> I notice? Know I, I hope not. We'll Playing see. in college yeah. is, is really special. Like, yeah, I, that was where time. I got my first gigs. Like, yeah. My first gig, well, I was doing virtual DJ in my freshman room or freshman yep. dorm. Yep. And, had like six of my friends in the room and I remember sitting in like the little shitty chair in the corner out of like the computer speakers and you know we got the door closed got like you know trying to soundproof the room we got like yeah. two girls in there yeah. and we're just we're like <laughs> yeah, drinking yeah. like Kharkov like yeah. just some terrible <laughs> vodka and I'm yeah. just having the time of my life just volume transition yeah dude, and even yeah. then it didn't even occur to me I just like I wanted to play like the music I wanted to play yeah just want to play exactly play it out yeah. and then like 
gradually through college, I was lucky enough, IU would have big DJs come. I saw, mm-hmm. like, Avicii was the first show I ever saw, yeah. which was awesome, and I just got more and more into it. And then by the time I was a junior in college, I had a friend uh, who sold me his tractor, and I was like, fuck yeah, I finally got my hands on this shit. Yeah. You know, like, I, I literally <laughs> was like, I need like, to get my hands the on the knobs. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know what they do, really, yeah. but you know what? I got to get them on yeah, there. You got to touch them at least. Exactly. You got to touch them. Exactly. Yeah. And then, like, I was like, I'm in control. Yeah. And then yeah, the yeah. first show I had was, like, you know, I think it was 9 to 9.40 yeah. on, like, <laughs> on, like, a yeah. Thursday night. Like, yeah. I think, like, I think, I think I literally opened up for Milk and Cooks. So you probably heard, like, oh, from yeah, Chicago DJs. Yeah. yeah. And it was, like, this was years ago now. Um, but that's a good, I put together a set. Gig. Yeah, I put together my set. <laughs> there was like only 15 of my friends there, but I spent like two weeks working on this set. Yeah, Every oh, transition, yeah, sure. I was so pumped. Yeah. Still think it was one of the best sets I've ever played. Yeah, know? dude, honestly, like it's for a first gig, that's a pretty good first gig. Man. I was, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was very grateful. And, yeah, but like absolutely. what it taught me was I, I kept playing after that and. Reading a crowd is what I really learned about then, mm-hmm. you know, for oh, yeah. for any DJ, you know, whether you're going to play your own type of music or anything, like, mm-hmm. it's important to be able to understand how to make a move to really get the most out of a show. Yeah. 45 minutes to an hour and a half is the most we're going to get, right? Yeah. The least to the most yeah. on average. Yeah. I mean, at your club shows for Occasional. opening, you play an hour and a half, right? Yeah, I think the longest I've played is... Two and maybe a little, a little longer, yeah, right? Yeah, but hour and a half usually at the most for a club. But it's your usually, chance. Usually an hour. Yeah, usually average yeah. an hour. Let's mm-hmm. call it. Yeah, that goes by pretty fast in your DJing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. And <clears throat> I learned a lot about how to read a crowd then, mm-hmm. and what it takes to. And like I realized that, and I've said this before, I can't make everybody happy. No. Nobody can. No. But if I can read one person who's dancing over there, one person who's dancing over there, and one person who's dancing over there, and yeah. I can like somehow continue to like just control their energy and yeah. they start getting their friends yeah. crazy. Yeah, it builds and I play song. this song, I play this song, and they I play that song, and then all of a sudden like everybody in the crowd is feeling it. Yeah. And I, I think like capturing like the people that are starting to get into it helps them capture the people around them so, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that's how you have to do it yeah for sure that's why that's why a festival like movement like we talked about is so great yeah absolutely because people are like well fuck they I'm dancing and a lot of those dance. like those people that are playing that festival don't have to win anyone over people no they're just to be in it they're not around. reading the crowd they no. can put their head down so. and DJ doosh, oh, yeah. doosh, doosh, yeah. doosh, doosh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. In fact, don't even look up at me. Occasional I don't want to make yeah, eye no, contact with Richie Gordon. No arms. Don't look no at me, Richie. There. Don't yeah. look at me. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. I know. I love it, man. But I want to get into your uh, influences a little bit sure. before we get into your production. Musically, um, I hear a lot of different. I guess from what I hear, influences. Sure. From your perspective, on a production level and also a live set level, who are who are, who are some people you look up to? Yeah. Um, so, originally, when I was first starting making music, I still love them, uh, but Odessa was, like, the first group, aside from Bonobo, that, I, that like, really resonated. Like, wow, yeah, I really them. like this. Of course. And actually, that sophomore year, when I was starting to produce, I saw them in Iowa City nice. at that venue. At a no shit. Really small. It's, like, 500 people. It's crazy it's how like fast right people on can their, up, Yeah, on their come the up. The scale yeah. that it can happen, yeah. right? So, that was wild to watch, so... Um, musically, love, still like a lot of the stuff they're doing, but used to just really sit with me. Now I've just branched more, yeah. I feel like. Um, 
Start somewhere though. Yeah, now I like a lot of like a lot more indie, like indie stuff, a lot of indie electronic, indie rock. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, there's a few people. Like, I really like that like indie house vibe. Yeah. Um, and there's like not much of it, but like you are. I'm trying to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I would say for music though, like Cosbo is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Bonobo is never gonna fall out of very special producer. Yeah, and he was just in Chicago, right? Yeah, I don't even want to talk. I dude, I missed it. I think I saw you tweeted or something, yeah, right? I yeah, <laughs> you got the up. day wrong. Yeah, I mixed up the dates because they're doing stuff at that lakefront green here now, yeah, right? Yeah, Ajuna's got a, a whole. I'm going to that. Yeah, I am let's too. go to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so for, for production, um, I like a lot of what they're doing. Um, a lot of those people on Odessa's label, that foreign family label, yeah. they got a lot of cool people. They definitely um, do. I would say I like a lot of, in terms of production and even live shows, I like a lot of people that are like stepping out of electronic but still staying inside of it at the same time. So they're mm-hmm. like bringing a lot of live elements. So, yeah. Like um, Gorgon City? Gorgon City, yeah. Bob Moses, if you ever yes. listen to them. Yes. I'm a huge fan of Bob Moses. Um, even Big Wild is another one. Yeah. So he's another one on that label. Um, Maybe on another level, Grizz, too, as well. Yeah, Grizz doing the live stuff, yeah. So I, I like that stuff from a live perspective because, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I love DJ sets. Those are super fun. Yeah, of course. My goal is to get um, more into... Uh, so even, actually, back to Bonobo, not to... To beat his Dude, name down let's the, talk whole podcast, the whole podcast, time, man. But uh, <laughs> what he's doing is really cool because he does a full like live tour. Yeah. But then he also does his DJ sets and he plays a ton of those, which is what he just did in Chicago. Was his DJ the set? Yeah. So like he's got this whole thing where he brings a live band. Mm-hmm. He produces his records pretty much for that setting, mm-hmm. but then also has music that he produces that can be played in DJ sets and then just rips a bunch of other similar styles so that's how you do that it. type of like vibe is kind of what i would love to capture you do know you like, doing your live sets are you using any ableton pads or ableton live yeah so when i do like a live set it's not super robust but i do so i bring my laptop run ableton use an apc 40 and clip launch off of that mm-hmm. and um depending on the songs i like break them up split them up by like layers and i'll do like just the percussion from this song nice. or just the whatever from whatever song yeah and then like mix and match and and then like play some loops from one song with a different song and then um i have a elisis sample pad which is just like yes i've seen pads that. That you load up your samples and you can drum on so that's, that's awesome. it for now. It's just those two things. That's live. <laughs> so Dude, that's needs a lot more of work. than me plugging in USBs, though. Yeah, right. So I think that's special. I think you really got to try and harness that. Yeah. I mean, you see the yeah. two layers of DJs or music producers, I guess. Like, I love Gorgon City. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And I saw okay. them play at Mambi yeah. last year, and that was the first time I had really ever kind of seen live house music, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But... It was so cool with the live singer, yeah. seeing them actually. I know they're musically talented, but then yeah. them seeing seeing them just crush a mid yeah. set. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, seriously. I mean, the thing is, like, you know, pretty much most people at a festival are like musically talented. Yes. But a lot of people can rip a DJ set, but not everyone can rip a really cool live set that encompasses a lot of what they're making. Yeah. So if they can rip 
a really good live set and crush the DJ set. That just you makes it special. like, yeah, I think that's like. I think because of people like that, it's changed or it's it's really raised the bar for a DJ set. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, you gotta keep it interesting and yeah, yeah. It's I drop mean, new stuff and yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the bar is always being raised these yeah. days. Yeah. I mean, with, with how many talented people there are just in the world. so much. Uh, I mean, everything's, like, saturated in good and bad ways. I mean, Yeah. There's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. And it's yeah. about just sorting through it all. Yeah, right. Finding what's good and what's bad. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Going into that, man, like, your productions. So <clears throat> I'll start with this. And I, I take a second here because I have a lot of questions about sure. it. And I want to make it... <laughs> Is easy for listeners to understand, but also some guilty pleasure questions as well. So you use logic, obviously, but I want to go into collaborations. So does yeah. the people you've collabed with, let's mm-hmm. just start with producers. So Milo, Enzo, Bluka, am I saying, saying that correctly? Bluka, yeah. Bluka, mm-hmm. excuse me. Are they all in logic as well? Uh, only Milo. Bluka, okay. Bluka and Enzo are both in. So Ableton. how do you collab with someone who uses a different digital auto workspace? Yeah. So that's also tough. Yeah. Being in two different DAWs. Um, so Bluka was the first person that I ever collabed with. And that was like very early on. We we're just showing each other unfinished ideas. And he is like. That guy can play the piano, can play the guitar, can like hear the key of anything. One of those guys, just, yeah, like, you know, of one of those guys. So can just like you play him a chord progression, he's like stay friends with those it. guys, yeah. yeah. Right? And I was like just blown away. I was like, oh my god, you're, you're like, pushing play on the yeah. CJ. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? Like, and like all my stuff is like, um, you know, I put together all these percussion loops and things, but that's right. like tedious, and he can just do it on the spot live, right? right. Like. It's different for me because I'm not classically trained or anything. So um, he and I started producing by just um, bouncing stems. So just exporting one piece of audio and sending it back and forth to each other. So whether that was like a loop or like the full song or a bunch of pieces of the song. And then he would record guitar and add more like MIDI layers or bass layers and then Mm -hmm. send that back to me. Right. And then back and forth. And then it would eventually we'd have enough and one of us would we just decide, okay, you're gonna arrange it or you're gonna arrange it. Meaning like you have all the audio pieces and you're gonna decide like what the structure of the song is like. Right. So we've done we've collabed three, we're doing a fourth right now actually. And uh, it's just bounced back and forth between like you got it this time or you got it this time. So, so yeah. you find and same your with Enzo. Strengths. Same with Enzo. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, sitting in the studio together. I put together. Is he in Ableton? He is, yeah. Um, so I put together some chords and some ideas and then gave them to him and he started running with them. Um, so then I bounced some more, gave them to him. And then, so like when you're in different DAWs, somebody has to like hold the final like arrangement of like this, you know, so like someone's got to sit there and like be next to the person. And like, then you guys are just like touching it together at a certain (laughs) point, you know, because like when you're not in the same DAW, it makes it so tough. Do you feel like you've learned Ableton a little bit? Um, yeah. Cause I have Ableton from playing live. So I, I understand it a little bit, but I don't, I don't love Ableton because I don't want to go through the learning curve right now. Just um, You don't have to. Out of uh, being hard-headed about doing that. Uh, so, like Apple yeah. elitist like yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> Apple everything, honestly. Yeah, I, I have you. everything Apple. So, <laughs> But with Milo, it was easy because we could like 
literally send an entire logic file yeah, back of course. and forth to each other. You guys got all the same plugins too? We Yeah, when we were collabing, um, and we had actually gone through a couple other ideas before that too, like earlier in college we were looking at collabing. And so like I remember one of those times he was like, I got these three plugins, by the way, so I would like download those to match. Right. That way we could like go back and forth. Of course. So that makes it easier, but doesn't mean it's impossible because... Um, uh, the workflow can go just as well with anyone. So. Right, right. Yeah. Perfect answer. I love that. <laughs> it's complicated. I mean, yeah. honestly, it yeah. is. But <clears throat> being able to collab with other producers is really special, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just, sure. just finding what each other is, is best at and then just harnessing those and combining yeah. it together. I mean, your collaborations are awesome. Thank you. Um, but what I really like, I like I like your vocal-driven song. So you've collabed with Sarah DeWarren and Pauline Hare. Yeah, Pauline Hare, yeah. What is it like working with a singer, and how does that work in the studio? Yeah, so um, for both of those, I did not work in the studio with either of them. Really? So, uh, and neither did Enzo for the one with Pauline. No shit. Um, she's out in L.A. So wow. He and I worked together in Chicago, uh-huh. and then she's out there. So how'd you find her? Um, or did she find you? Enzo knew Pauline, so Mike was friends with her before, and she had actually worked with. I knew her because she worked with Milo mm-hmm. way back when, okay, like a few, like probably three, two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I just knew of her, and like when producers start working with a vocalist, that yeah. name like circulates around. <laughs> yeah, so like the, the Amber Shepherds of the everyone's world, like right? watching yeah. like yeah, who yeah. other people are working with. So, <laughs> um, but Sarah DeWarren. Was, is from the UK. She's from London. So really, she, yeah. So she. It, can um, I just say really quick how it's crazy how British people when they sing they don't sound. They don't British. sound British. Yeah, I've always been blown <laughs> away by that. I, that always blows me away. Blows but, me away. Yeah, I don't get it. She had, um, she had a lot of ideas of acapellas, mm-hmm. and I tend to write better when I can write to an idea that mm-hmm. somebody has already, um, absolutely like, projected. So sure. she had this full. It wasn't a full song, but it was like, like, an intro and like her singing like what to me sounded like would be a chorus, and she had like some keys behind that. So um, my manager sent me that. I was like, tell her I want this one. We got it, and we got just the acapella, and then I wrote new chords to that, and then basically built a whole like build up and drop around that, and then sent it back to her. And then she and I just started going back and forth, and then she sang a verse and an outro, and then just bouncing ideas back and forth with each other, but just always like dropping something in her inbox or her Facebook right. message or something, and then waiting for her to get back to me. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that collab process, very different, but seemed to work for the most part. So yeah, she was fun to work with. Yeah. So what about like a, a solo track, no vocals? Uh, my favorites. Just <laughs> selfishly, I love doing. I think that's understandable. Solos, no vocals for sure. I love doing vocal chops. Um, something about those has always just resonated with me. I don't know why. So um, it does a foundation in you? Probably that. Yeah, yeah most likely. Um, and even the bonobo, the old bonobo, yeah. like just hearing like a female like vocal of like something about it like just like that airy like <laughs> just like not even a word that yes. you can understand but yes, just something. Of course. Um, I find that very easy to do. Uh, it feels like there's less pressure when it's just you doing that with no vocal. Yeah. Um, which is probably something I needed to get over at a certain point, but I just like enjoy writing like that. So yeah. that process is usually I start with a vocal chop mm-hmm. or I start with a chord progression mm-hmm. of like three or four chords 
at a certain tempo and then just start building from there. A bunch of layers and start adding. When you use your vocal, when you take a vocal chop, are you taking it, exporting into a MIDI sound and then going up and down from there? Uh, no, I have so done that. So are you using that. samples then? I sample a lot. Okay. Um, and I usually, I do a lot of things manually. So I do like the old school sampling. Um, yeah, dude. Or I like whatever jack. works, man. Everybody's yeah. got this. Everybody's got a toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I have done it where I've like brought it onto the keyboard and like you know done like split a vocal chop across the full keyboard and like that's fun. Used it, which yeah. is always fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, normally when I do a vocal chop, it's like getting a full acapella of somebody singing, just a solo singer, and then chopping it and then dragging the pieces that I chopped together in different right. ways and like. Flipping them around. That's the thing about, like, I like about Logic, sense. though. Yeah, same. I, love, I know everybody says the arrangement in Ableton. and I know, I've heard that, too. I get that, um, but I really think that's Logic's strongest feature. Yeah, yeah, I think... I also, you know, if what you know is what you know, so at a yeah. certain point, it's like, if you if you know Logic well enough to be able to just run with it, then I like being able to do that. So I know how to how to sample and chop and logic really easily and yeah. pretty quickly now of so course. um that's yeah it's easiest to just run with that but yeah usually just um kind of manipulation at a certain point of of an existing vocal into something different or new yeah so, do you yeah. think it's possible to master logic <laughs> no oh i don't know and who has if so <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> are we van buren and ben o yeah, or are we dude. talking like Hans Zimmer. No, that's exact. Wow, you took the words out of my mouth. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is, this, I'm it. supposed to be asking questions. I was no. That was. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Uh, if I if I had to pinpoint one person that I think has mastered something like Logic, it would be it's, it's someone like Hans. He Zimmer. probably made it. Those those guys that are making those crazy scores for that's for film, beyond yeah anything music related. Yeah, it's it's, it's like, an ambiance. They're it's big environments that they create. Yeah, soundscapes that are like. Like bringing you somewhere when you listen to it. Yes, that's so powerful. Amen. So, people like that bringing I, you yeah. somewhere. I've yeah. never heard somebody say that. Yeah, so that's awesome. Got a lot of respect for those guys. Yeah, me too. I did. Do you say that because you've seen the master classes? I've never seen the master classes. I would recommend. I've never watched them. I know Hans Zimmer. I heard that he did one. But. He did one. I uh, I, I did it because I want to check out the Armin Van Buren one. Mm. Got sucked into Judd Apatow. Uh, oh. Teaches comedy. Yeah, I was gonna say, wow. <laughs> I'm having a great time, yeah. dude. Yeah, interesting. I'm, they're really cool, actually. It was like 180 bucks for the year. And, I can do uh, Gordon Ramsay Dead teaches you to cook one? at home. Oh, Dead really? Mouse did one cool. too. He, Gordon yeah, Ramsey. I know exactly. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm a big. Foodie, I did this for so. music, yet I get yeah. sucked into the cooking yeah. and comedy, <laughs> yeah. dude. But I learn. Those are good people to learn from. So absolutely, yeah. Those people know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, they yeah. they've made it pretty far in life. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, Plenty of Michelin stars under uh, yeah. Gordon Ramsay's belt. So. Yeah, man. That guy's crazy. Yeah, he is. I'd recommend That's the master classes to anybody listening, though. Yeah. Um, but let's not get too... Str- I could I could talk about cooking, actually. I do love cooking. But yeah, I could talk about food, too. Yeah? yeah? Okay, we'll save that for the we'll end. We'll do it at the end, yeah. Let's stick to your music. So when I was listening... I was, I've listened to your music for a long time, but when I was really listening today with my good headphones, um, your sound design is, is very rich. And I mean that in the sense that it's really layered well, kind of like in an orchestral way, like maestro style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Am I, am I saying it right on? Yeah. Right there? That yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Like very creative, but very structured, but also like some parts are brought up more and then other parts taken out. And then like I'm back and forth. You know, 
for people who haven't listened to your music that will immediately after this is over, can you try and paint a picture of how your vision in your head comes to life through your music? Yeah. So I'm not a huge um, like sound design fanatic. Mm-hmm. So some people are really in the details, nitty gritty with like, you know, making things like perfect. Yeah. I I am more of like a feeling type of person. So okay. I'm, I'm more going for these. Maybe that's what's rich about it. I feel like I'm yeah. tasting something almost. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm I'm tasted I tasted something. That. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Well, the greatest. Something good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. Um, no, but yeah, usually like a general feeling and try to like evoke certain feelings during, during those pieces. So like kind of seeing how something would come to life is, I would say to answer that mainly just when I start with an idea, mm-hmm. I'm very nitpicky about chord progressions. Okay. If I have a chord progression that I don't really like, uh, and there's plenty of people who are going to listen to a song of mine and be like, I don't like that. But at at least at one point, that chord progression resonated with me, um, and at least at the point of me making it, enough to to finish out the song. But I cannot continue on an idea if I don't feel like the chord progression is there. Mm -hmm. So I've built out full songs, but it doesn't sound right, so I just, like, scrapped (laughs) the whole thing. Yeah. So usually I just start with that, but then to, like, kind of build something out and, like, build some sound design around it, I just add a lot of layers, and Mm -hmm. it just becomes more about, like, when does this part need to flow the right way in the the song? Mm -hmm. And, like, how fast is this song... Um, what what like melodies or harmonies need to pop at certain parts what parts don't so right yeah that's probably a pretty vague answer but that was no funny. I think that was actually really well said I mean how do you even put music into words right yeah I think that's uh, what music is yeah yeah it's 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 something that you can't describe yeah it's something you can only hear you know like I, I when I think about music I think about how it makes me feel yeah and when I feel something, I feel like I'm somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's why I love so many different types of music. Yeah, same. It, from indie rock to My Chemical Romance yeah. to MK to techno. There's something for everything to like bring you to a certain point. It makes so. you feel something. when Exactly. When you feel something, you're taken to a place. Yeah, so absolutely. When I like have a set somewhere and it's going to be a special set or something, Mm-hmm. I will close my eyes and listen to the songs that I put into the playlist and I think, okay, this would be good. Yeah. I want to put myself in the crowd's shoes. Yeah. Or, you know, for you, if you're making a song, yeah. do you put yourself in the, situ- in, the, in the, you know, shoes of people who you want to listen to? Yeah. Um, I think certain songs, it just depends. Like, the more I play, have played live shows. Yeah. Helps a the lot. The more I've wanted to build out songs, like, this would be good to play out for a crowd so right, I like right. find myself making more and more house music and more and more and more things that are like four on the floor oriented mm-hmm. even though they might not be fast they might be like more of a mid-tempo track yeah I find myself doing more things like that um, but still loving it but yeah but still loving it because I'm still putting my own flavor on it yeah of I course I feel like um, but I definitely make things that I like a lot of ambient mellow music generally speaking um a lot of like, there's a lot of indie bands that I listen to that are like really mellow, mm-hmm. um, and that's like good like train or car or bus music. Yes, and I like, I like making things that I feel like can resonate <laughs> for that too, dude. So, and that's when most yeah. people listen to music. Yeah, right. So I have a really good friend of mine, and shout out to Gilded. He's uh, also a 
very successful. Uh, he's a guitar player, a singer, but he uses Logic, and mm-hmm. um, he's he's doing great. His plays on Spotify, but. I texted him one time, and I'm a big fan of baths, so I like take a bath after. Love it. Baths. <laughs> you know, love baths, yeah. and I texted him, and I put on his album, and I took a bath for too long. I was like a great time. I was like, I'm not getting out. I haven't taken a bath in years, but dude, yeah. they're they're important, <laughs> very important. And I texted him, and I go, dude, listen, I don't know if you like had people taking baths in mine, <laughs> but it worked. And he goes, that is exactly what I was trying yeah, to do. Yeah, and I go, fuck yes. Yeah, I mean, if it a lot of times if it's like. It, um, if it resonates in a certain type of atmosphere, it'll resonate in a lot of similar types too. So, yes. I mean, I think there's a lot of like unforeseen settings that certain types of music will will sit well with. Too. Absolutely, so, that's the yeah. best part about it, though. Yeah, is it's playing a song somewhere and then playing it elsewhere and seeing how people can react to it. Yeah, that's a, a multi-dimensional song. Yeah. Um. So with hard work comes great reward. You've had some amazing opportunities to play big shows. You put a lot of work in the studio, you're going to get to share that music with the world, right? Yeah, yeah. So you played, I'm just going to list a few, 515 Alive, right? Yep. Jawbreaker yeah, Fest yep. in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. 515 was your first festival, right? That was, yeah. Awesome? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Was that two years ago? Oh, man. Two and a half? Uh, yeah. It's a summer fest, right? It was a summer fest. What was that? Is Seven, it still going on? 17. Yeah, they have a good lineup this year, actually. Yeah, but, uh, it's getting bigger. Uh, that must have been 17. Yeah, so two years ago now. Nice. Feels longer than that. But, I mean, yeah. look at you, though. So you played uh, a funky brunch, too? Played, yeah, with autograph, yeah. That's awesome. Fun. Yeah. I'm about to get around to this yeah. Saturday here. <laughs> Prism, like we talked about, the mid seven shows you told me before, yeah, Subterranean, like Concord, Liquid, Chop Shop, some Iowa shows. Yep. Just yeah. to name all of them. <laughs> <laughs> just about, yeah. And you got North Coast coming up in a few weeks. I just want to tell you that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, thank when you. When I saw your name on there, I just thought to myself, well fucking deserved. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. I mean, that. that's huge. How'd that make you feel? Uh, that felt good. Um, it's a great lineup. Ten, tenth year anniversary for North Coast at Northerly Island. Yeah. You're on the same fucking bill as... Gorgon City, like we talked about, yeah. Chami, Major Laser, yeah, Bass yeah. Nectar, Big Wild. Yeah. A lot of the people we've been talking about. Yeah, Enzo, yeah. your yep. boy, It'll be, you're right be, next to each yeah, other. Yeah, we right? Are right? Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny, actually, a lot of people are like, so you guys like playing together? And I was like, no, it's like, but like, ironically, <laughs> it, it we like, like, like put out a song together like right before the lineup dropped. So that's everyone hilarious. was like, oh, you're playing with Enzo. And I was like, no, we have like two separate sets, but like we'll, <laughs> we'll like transition with each other. But Right. Do you know but, your set time yet? Um, yeah, I do. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but it's like mid-afternoon. Okay, yeah. mid-afternoon. Yeah. Perfect. Before five, after two. But after two. two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So just right in there. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So just staying in that general vicinity yeah, from yeah. two to five, yeah. I'll keep an eye out for your fucking cool sunglasses, right? Yeah. yeah. You remember those sunglasses? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the only sunglasses I got. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Sunglasses. You got like five pairs of those? I only got one. <laughs> what if you break them? What will I happen to your brand, I'm gonna dude? I'm going to have to rebrand, man. <laughs> this one guy was like, uh, I joined this like big group chat, and he was like, you got those sunglasses, and I was like, they're all I got at this yeah. point. <laughs> like, the only thing I got. I have so. expected you to come in today and have the sunglasses on. They're there, they're, so. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we'll start over then. Yeah, we start fresh. <laughs> that's awesome. But, but yeah, thank you. For, yeah, that, North that's, Coast should be good. Congratulations so, on that. That's that. that's um, Labor Day weekend for everybody who's going to be in Chicago. 
August 30th and 31st, I believe. Yep. 30th, 30th. Friday and Saturday at Northerly Island. Yep. Um, I think that's fucking awesome, man. I think in yeah, my eyes, too. that's probably, I mean, again, in my eyes, the best show you could get at a festival in Chicago. Yeah, that's, um, that one was a big, uh, that one, when that came through, that was big. That felt really good. I, uh, I went to North Coast probably three years ago for the first time. Mm-hmm. I had always heard of it. At Union Park. Dropped. Yeah, at yeah. Union Park. I finally went and loved it. Went again last year with Enzo and my manager just to go scope it out and hang yeah, out. Yeah, of course. Um, a couple of our other guys were playing it, so we were just hanging out with them. Um, and I just like wanted to play it really badly. So... When you really not want something. knowing that it's going to be in Northern Island, right? Yeah, yeah. And then a year later, when it comes through, um, just always a nice feeling. So yeah, time goes yeah. by fast once you get to that point, though, it right? Does, yeah, right. Yeah. You think about that moment last year, and you're like, I want to play North Coast. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like that long ago, but yeah, it flies, doesn't. So congratulations yeah. again on that. Thank you. Mid afternoon, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like, get in trouble. I signed a You're contract. fine. You signed a contract? You won't tell your set time? You had to. No, you, you signed a contract. I didn't read if it was allowed to say the set time. Nobody but, reads the contract. Yeah. We're Apple elitists. We don't yeah. read the fucking contract. Yeah, terms and conditions. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, after all those shows are under your belt with many more to come, what's your favorite part about performing for these types of events? Um, good question. Um, I'm full of them. Perfo- yeah, you are. That's why you have a podcast. <laughs> We can be here all night yeah, if you want. Yeah. I can stop reading the questions yeah, yeah. and we can just talk again. <laughs> we can just shoot the shit, yeah. Uh, favorite type, favorite part of performing, I would say, I just love uh, being able to play like my music out live, especially when you spend time like big speakers, grueling over something, yeah, and hooking up to like a big sound system and really like. I mean, I remember the first times playing on like an actual like an actual stage mm-hmm. that had like, you know, a heavy system. And like feeling it, and Ooh. I was like, "Holy shit!" And like, just like getting that each time, and then like, also knowing what it's like on the outside when, like, when you're looking at a stage and feeling that, it's just nice to know like, the stuff that I've been working on is like translating, at least to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love that. And then I, I am a very big overthinker, so I get <laughs> super nervous before sets, even That's if they're good. just like because you care. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, it's definitely not a bad thing, but um, the that ebb and flow of emotion oh. is wild, and I always love when a set is has gone well and is done, and I can like as soon as you breathe, start, like breathe. It yeah, goes away though, right? Honestly, like probably 30 seconds into it you're good and i have to go pee in. like seven times in the 30 <laughs> minutes before i have a big show you know i nobody talked to me yeah even if i don't have to go yeah before I'm standing show, there and yeah. i'm like what am i doing i've never had get it together i never had an issue during a show of having to pee no no not not an yeah. important show definitely like maybe like a, a yeah you know, bar show Just or something DJing i'm fucking going i'm going to the bathroom yeah <laughs> But you take yeah. this over. I don't know. That's yeah. like that's like my nervous tick or something. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. It's that. crazy though, I right? As well. I think that's I think that's good that you should. Yeah. Even yeah. The biggest artists still do. Oh I, yeah, I imagine. I think it was like uh, was it Michael Jordan or somebody? I wasn't Michael Jordan, but some big NBA player used to like throw up before most games, <laughs> and they played that. like so many games for years. Yeah, and you would never. Believe but it's like it. something you really care about, and like you're putting. It's also vulnerable when you're like, yeah. cre- like you understand this. So like yeah. you're creating something 
and you have to like broadcast that to people and you want people to like it and it's going to be very obvious if people don't yeah there's been times when like you drop something of yours and it just hits flat like no (laughs) one is into it right it's like that Uh, is the way it is that's just kind of how it goes but yeah um, you gotta experience that yeah right i had a lot of troubles at the beginning of my podcast even before i really got it out uh, like I said, I had to apply for Apple uh, iTunes podcast, and I got through that, and I was like, all right, let's do it. Let me get the perfect episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I tried. I did a mix three times, hand done. I yeah. said, no, I don't like this. Uh, yeah. It's stupid. This is the first one. I got to go housey. I got to stay true. No, people yeah. don't like that. I can't start off a tech house. And uh, I'm like going back and forth. I understand that. And I was just like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I have got to put this out there, yeah. get feedback, yeah. and just get better and better. Yeah. Yeah, it's honestly just... And I'm 68 episodes in now, and it's like I'm still always getting better. Yeah. Still, but I'm so far past where I originally was. Oh, yeah. But still nervous sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's your craft and something you care about, so... Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But, I mean, it's part about growing as anyone in the creative field. Yeah. Every show, every... All that stuff. I can never be, like, an author. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, that's a... Whole nother game. Whole nother game. I don't understand that stuff. Yeah, I don't. So <laughs> same idea, but different craft, and yeah, yeah. gotta be tough. A lot of overthinking there. A lot of overthinking. Yeah. You might have just answered this next question. I mean, what's been a personal or professional obstacle you've overcome, and how'd you do it? Yeah, uh, honestly, that like, dude, just writing, writing songs, especially on a deadline, like, mm. like remixes come with deadlines a lot. So Every time, pretty much, right. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, yes, every time. <laughs> Sorry to spoil it for anyone who's going to be <laughs> producing and wants two official remixes, but yeah, they come with fucking deadlines and it's a bitch. And a lot of the time, there's a lot riding on it because if, if you hit that and it gets accepted, that could be really good for you. Yeah. And it's going to be good for that artist because they're going to be able to re- release a good remix. Yeah. But sometimes you, releasing a good remix gets you big. Yes, exactly. As yeah. as the person who's having people remix you. So both. Like, yeah, yeah, it's such. That's I love remixes for that reason. I think that's such a cool concept, really cool idea. But being asked to do them has always been a really big obstacle for me because um, at times when I want to just like run with an idea, it seems like I go through that whole process of like, should I try something new? Should I try to make it like? like a banger for people to play at yeah, a club right, should I try right. to make it like really chill and mellow should I like do what I usually do should I repeat like things I've done in prior tracks mm. like that overthinking especially because I'm a solo producer I don't work with anyone I'm I'm by myself working <laughs> and I can like just get you know go down the rabbit hole of yeah. overthinking but my process of overthinking is never um, like in the details of like sound design it's I can't even start the idea because I can't settle on like how fast is it going to be? Is it going to be a house song? Right. Is this going to be like like some sort of like banger that's like mid tempo? Culture creativity. Gonna, yeah. So it's like analysis paralysis. So that's something I like go through ebbs and flows with all the time. Jesus. So. Yeah. But I mean, it's just the territory. It always passes. Yeah. So far, <laughs> I've never been just <laughs> indefinitely stuck. So. Um, <laughs> Usually it's fine, but yeah, it sucks when it's happening for sure, and then you're like kind of in a rut because you're thinking about it and it's drilling you down further and further. So, yeah, it's like uh, that's one thing I would say. Um, you know, just learning a lot of this stuff too is hard. Like, yeah, I didn't course. know how to DJ at first, so like, 
and I didn't have access to decks. I would go to Guitar Center to, to practice on <laughs> no CDJs. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Bring a USB. Uh, load it up on tra- uh, Rekordbox. Would you bring your own headphones? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't give a, they didn't give a shit. They're no, like, yeah, they I don't care. Guitar Center, I'll just plug in. The guys at Guitar Center couldn't give a fuck. Go mix back yeah. and forth. So, yeah, that was like kind of kind of one of my first learning things. But yeah, a lot of learning and a lot of like just understanding. Like this is just how this goes, and like you know, kind of just rolling with the punches. So yeah, Who, who's been a mentor for you? Oh, interesting. Uh, mentor. Milo has helped me out a ton. Mm-hmm. He really like showed me the ropes early on. Um, we, production we, wise, production being an artist, wise, DJing everything. Yeah, so he's a pretty rad DJ. Yeah, he's a good DJ. Yeah. Um, so he and I like just going to college together. He showed me a lot of the ropes, and then um, kind of got me hooked up with my current manager. He and I don't hang out as much. We're still super close friends. We just don't see each other as much anymore. Yeah, I feel like we're just both running on our own right now. So on our own kind of tracks, both pursuing our own sounds. Yeah, um, of course. But he really like helped me get a leg up in a lot of ways and then got me introduced to Nick. And then when I had questions or like didn't know where to go on a song or like, does this sound good? He helped me a lot with that. Since then, I've met a lot of people that I've been able to bounce ideas off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say early on, Brett was really a huge help. Um, now, the person kind of steering where I'm going a lot of the time is Nick, my manager. Yeah. Um, I'm just like creating a lot of this stuff. I know what I generally want to do. I come with like, hey, I want this to do this, like be on like this type of channel yeah. or this type of page or something like that. And then it's and then he's able to steer us in the right direction. So that's awesome. But yeah, having manager is so important. Yeah, it's very helpful. Um, opens a lot of doors. Um, yeah. But yeah, as a mentor, I would say just a combination of people. Just being able to have a couple friends, too, from college that I've always been able to bounce ideas off of and like really get genuine feedback from. I have a buddy Kevin and a buddy Good Britain. And bad, of course. Yeah, so I, and I, I send things to those people this, especially Kevin and Brayden, um, to my good friends, because I know they're going to tell me. And they listen to a lot of electronic music, so like, they know it's good, they know it's bad. I know, I can, I know what their reactions are going to be like if it's not good. Yeah. So I send it to them, waiting <laughs> for that response or the response like, yeah, this is actually like, keep going with this. So that's awesome. Just like a lot of different people for feedback and things you like gotta that. Gotta get so. a second year, man. Yeah, absolutely. Especially. Otherwise, just go crazy doing that stuff. So. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the good thing about collabing and maybe the con about, you know, working alone. Yes, absolutely. Right. I mean, I've popped out hundreds of just bad music, hundreds of projects that are bad, like hundreds right. of bad ideas that are like, yeah, it's a song, but it's really shitty. So, like, you know, but you're just by yourself and, yeah. you know. Do you ever feel like when you've been working on the same song or even the same loop for so long, or what feels like so long, no matter how long it actually is, you're just like, this sounds bad. And oh, yeah. Or you hear something, you're like, what's that yeah. click? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and your friend's like, there's no fucking click. Fucking happened to me the other day. I got something mastered. Um, my That check, I'll get there, that yeah. I was just talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, I actually did like a VIP of that. It's nice. like a, I like remixed it. And I'm putting that out pretty soon, in like a couple weeks. And I got it mastered, and I was like, that 
fucking like that one thing doesn't sound right in there. <laughs> I listened to it so many times. The next morning, I was like, I don't hear that. Like it was just like not there. I don't know. The ears but, play tricks on you. Yeah. So that's a real thing. Yeah, I I definitely it's yeah just overanalyzing, getting kind of like producers here, or just like listening to too much music, just like needing to like give your head a break to go just kind yeah, I like to just honestly. literally go like go on a run with no yeah. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, and sometimes, like, even just driving or anything, it's just good yes. to just, like, turn it off for a little while. Yeah. Clear your head. You so. got to. Yeah. You got to, because I, I love music so much, I'm always listening to it. Yeah, like, I'm always, like, analyzing, or, like, how do they do that? But, like, yeah. especially with your own music, it's, like, what is that one thing? Or, like, you don't hear it a, se- a, a second time, but you mm-hmm. hear it, like, later on. God. So, yeah. It's just finding that happy medium. <laughs> Struggle. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting, I'm yeah. feeling it right now. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking about all these. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah that's so oh true. yeah, I have it all the time. Jesus, Align, what's what's next? What's next for you, bro? What is next? Um, so I'm finishing up these shows. So I have a show this weekend at Concord. Yeah. So that's right. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention like, playing Bollywood after party, yeah, right? Yeah. With autograph and Blau. Yep. Yeah. So that should be and good. And you're the fucking third guy in the lineup. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate fuck it. yeah, dude. Um, that's a sick show. Yeah, I'm very excited for that one. Can you Autograph, tell us your set time for that? I can. All this. right. <laughs> <laughs> time, I'll be on 10 to 11. So awesome. I'm happy with that time. Yeah, definitely. Um, being like, when there's two people ahead of you, last time I played Concord, I was direct support. So I was, mm-hmm. I think, 11 and 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like finding that happy medium of like not too early, but not so late that like you're not going to retain any listeners. But Yes, um, well said. I... I love the autograph guys. They've been super, super nice to me this whole time. Chicago so, guys. Yeah. yeah. Michael is like super nice for being like a, they're like a, you know. Is that the long hair guy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they play fucking Coachella Doolab. Yeah. And they played Coachella, um, they, what, they played one of the larger stages too. I'm Did sure. they? Yeah, Coachella. Last year? Because I listened to their uh, Doolab like set and ago, it was fucking dope. They have like a stream of it, but they played one with like the, you know. The Sahara? Band. It, might, it must have been that one. I have never been. I went to Coachella two I, years ago. Do I sound like someone who's been to Coachella? Ago. The uh, Sahara time. Yeah, that sounds like it. Yuma. I don't. <laughs> Those all sound like the names. <laughs> I went. and I don't even remember the names. So That's I just, awesome. Like, mindlessly went to a stage. Did you enjoy that? Say, yeah, it was dope. Um, but yeah, so that. What's next um, on the radar is that right now, kind of just like getting things ready for that. Um, so just the DJ set. So it should be fun. Yeah. And then. I just put out an EP, so I'm kind of at a weird stage of like I just dropped five tracks in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a you know I have a couple songs coming out, a VIP, co- couple remixes that I'm working on that are in review processes that okay. that I definitely can't tell you about. All right, fair enough. <laughs> not, not you, but just this. I'll tell you after this. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but uh, this is the benefits I get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's next, honestly, right now for me, in my opinion, is writing. Um, I still want to write the music that I'm writing, but I want to try some different things, like for uh, like more documentary style music or like okay. for commercials. Yeah, just like today that. you shared. Was it? Um, what was the? Uh, yeah, Vale. Vale. Vale Mountain. Yeah. Fucking Vale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the resort. The fucking Vale Resort, man. That's the Catalina wine mixer yeah. <laughs> of ski lodges, okay? Yeah. On their, what, what exactly was it? So they have, 
they just did it on all their social media pages, but they hundreds of thousands of followers though. Yeah, yeah, it's good, awesome. Good healthy following. Which healthy, nice. yeah, very healthy. They took one of my songs to put on like a, a summer video for like the things that they can or like I don't know summer, summer excursions or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm I want to write for more things like that. That's awesome. I, I want to write. That's that Hans Zimmer things. shit. Yeah. Right. So I have had my music in a couple TV shows, um, some commercials for HP. Really? So, yeah. Holy so shit. more of that, I think, is what I want to like, like, at least build a catalog for, whether or not it's public, whether or not it just goes to my agent who pitches it to that stuff. or That's cash in your pocket. Or though. if I just, yeah, right. Or if That's I just. Awesome. Yeah. But definitely more stuff for Spotify. I think I'd like to put out another EP um, in the fall. We're, you know, hoping to build, my manager and I, and then um, looking for a headline set at some point. So likely somewhere small in Chicago. I'll be front row. Um, so yeah, that's those are kind of like the overarching ideas right now in my I mind. I love it, man. So merch, all that stuff. Let me so. ask, what, what would be the goal for you if, if you've thought about it? Is it playing at a festival? Is it making music for a movie? Yeah. Um... I guess I'll do two answers to that. Immediate goal, one of the things I really would like to do is, so Shuba is, is the first venue I ever played at in Chicago. So Lincoln Hall, baby. Yeah, Shuba's and Lincoln Hall are, yeah. the, are like owned by the same people. Yeah. Um, haven't played Lincoln Hall yet. I really want to play there. That's um, awesome. But Shuba is... You can. That should be your headline show. I would like to. Yeah, it's a little bigger than Shuba's, so 500. So. I'll help you promote but Yeah, <laughs> yeah I might need it. <laughs> But I uh, I played Shubas when I like just graduated college and was like blindly emailing uh, talent buyers, no manager, just me. I know the game. Out, like, yeah, you need your an resume. opener. Yeah. You need an opener. You need an opener. Like <laughs> sending him shit that I had made. Yeah. And uh, Shubas like randomly on a Sunday night, they're like, "Hey, we need an opener on Wednesday. Can you play?" And like I I I had already played five on five, so I had this whole set on my APC, and so I played there. Um, for this headliner named Kalo or Kilo, I forget how to pronounce it, but they're from Australia. Mm-hmm. So that was my first set ever in Chicago. Nice. Um, That's pretty legit. Yeah, that worked out like really well. So it was really awesome. Cool space too. I really like it there. Yeah. That was kind of so. close to home too, right in Lincoln Park. Yeah. Yep. So um, it's nice to to have to have had that one in the books and as the first one, but that one's always stuck with me. It's, it's a small space, holds like 160. Right. That is where right now I would like to do like a live set with visuals and like headline it. So nice. that's like the overarching goal. But big goal would be like writing for yeah documentaries, but also doing that to the point where it can like fund me to like be playing on the road and stuff to like be playing like as a line and things like that. You but gotta like have multiple streams. Writing for yeah right so yeah yeah yeah. One thing I, I forgot to ask, which is literally one of my first questions is the name Align. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where did it come from? Um, I've always really liked, so people laugh at me when I tell the story, I've always really liked the idea of balance. So just mm-hmm. like everything in moderation kind of. Yeah, you're really same. good at that when you yeah. go out, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, I told you too much before this. It's okay. For anyone listening, I'm easily influenced and we'll stay out till 4 a.m. He's, He's fun. He's so. fun. <laughs> Keep um, going, keep I'm, going. Uh, balance, find your balance. Right, so then you go to bed at 8 p.m. the next night. <laughs> um, exactly, the teeter-totter. Yeah, the balance, so. 
I uh, <laughs> damn it. Well played. Well played. Yeah. So anyway, the, the word balance. I really like. I've always like kind of like just loved that concept. Generally speaking, and um, just like the yin yang, kind of good and the bad, bad and the good. Yeah. Both sides of everything. So loved that word. Loved that concept and that idea. And Google session thesaurus of course. synonyms of balance um, and alignment popped up and cut off the ment and I love it align popped up for me so I think it matches like well a name music. And yeah yeah I feel like in a lot of in a lot of ways um, some songs for me are like uh, make me feel like nostalgic for certain things or like I was really feeling a certain thing when I when I put that song together. Mm-hmm. So I feel like aligning, for lack of a better word, <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of the way you feel and the things you're listening to or the things that you're doing, um, it's kind of all generally correlating with the project. So I love it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so that's the name. Fuck the haters. Yeah. <laughs> so what, do we, what can we expect in this mix then? Um, I'll put probably a good amount of original stuff probably do this uh i have the vip one ready to go for this mix all right uh, got some house music because right. gotta stay true to chicago that's right um and a little bit of down tempo stuff some of my own down tempo as well and then um yeah kind of running at home with some house at the end let's so. go baby yeah. i'm excited i'm yeah. so excited for this and by the time this is released you're gonna be Already fresh off that set at Concord. <laughs> yeah. People, mid afternoon, North Coast. <laughs> Sorry, I got the guy keeps in. Five. <laughs> that doesn't violate his contract, yeah, right? I checked no, with his lawyer. Absolutely not. You got a lawyer too, no right? No lawyers. Yeah, okay, no <laughs> Just a manager and an agent. That's hey, <laughs> I love it, man. Well, Align, thanks for coming on the show. Thank I'm very excited about me. this mix. Let's get into it right now, huh? Thanks so much, man. Woo!
Change my mind. 